That's the sound of the crowds in Edmonton clapping along to a performance by the Aviv Israel Folk Dance Association. The dancers were among the star attractions at Edmonton's annual Heritage Festival, which just wrapped up. The multiculturalism event goes on for three days, and normally about half a million people visit the various pavilions, and they try some ethnic dishes at all the food tents. Well, it was cancelled last year because of COVID. So when organizers decided to go ahead this year, even with a reduced capacity due to safety restrictions, Edmonton's Jewish Federation said, we're in. It may be the only Israel-themed public event in Canada this summer. And it comes after a spring when anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment worldwide spiked. We have a strong advocacy for Israel. This is a, this event itself is a, just a jewel in the crown of the community. We have great pride in it, and it's a great way to galvanize the support within the community as well as to just interact and represent outside of our community. It's a great outreach. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Two and a half months ago, Edmonton's Jewish community was on edge. As Israel and Hamas were exchanging rocket fire in May, Edmonton Police's Hate Crimes Unit was called in to investigate after several reports that pro-Palestinian men were driving around town looking for Jews. Things have quieted down somewhat since then, but the organizers who put up the Israel Pavilion at Horolak Park were not taking any chances. They made sure the pavilion is located at spot number 36, So that's two times 18, that's double high, and it's considered good luck. But actually, in practical terms, the police tent is just a couple of spaces away, there are security guards, and all the volunteers are trained what to say in case visitors' conversations about Israel or Jews become uncomfortable. Oh, and it's far away from the Palestine Pavilion. The rules say politics aren't permitted. They're not even supposed to display maps. Coming up, you'll hear why Edmonton's Jewish community saw this as a chance to do some serious outreach on behalf of Israel. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. A longtime Canadian Jewish community leader and philanthropist has been awarded the Order of British Columbia. Fran Belsberg of Vancouver is one of 16 people to get the award. The announcement was made on Monday. Belsberg and her late husband Sam made many charitable contributions towards cultural and Jewish projects in North America. They also created the Dystonia Foundation. It helps find a cure for the muscle spasm disease which affects Ashkenazi Jews mainly including one of their daughters, Sherry. Funeral services were held Monday in Toronto for John Seertash. He was a well-known family law lawyer in Canada and a longtime columnist on family law issues for the Canadian Jewish News. Seertash helped change the laws in Canada and Ontario, covering religious divorces, or gets as they're called, and he had also consulted with authorities in Israel to try to help spouses, mainly women known as agunot, seek legal ways to remarry. We've got video, so you can take an actual tour of the pavilion. Just go to our CJN YouTube channel and you can watch it. And our guide is Stacy Levitt-Wright. She's the CEO of Edmonton's Jewish Federation, and she joins me now. It's great to have you right on the grounds of the Heritage Festival. <laughs> yes. Uh, with a, a first-person eyewitness yep. tour of, of the pavilion. So first of all, uh, how has it been going so far? It's the uh, last it's been day. Going, so how's it been going? It's been going fabulous. It's been very smooth. 
We have lots of people coming through, really excited to engage with us and ask questions about Israel and just take it all in. And our dancing has been just outstanding. They really showed up. They had a short time to prepare because we just weren't sure this year if it was even going to run. And they've been drawing in tremendous crowds to our pavilion. A few hundred people each show, I'm sure. And so tell us a bit about the background. This is Edmonton's Jewish community's biggest public event, correct? Yes. It is a, a, a huge uh, outreach flagship event for us. It's our, our largest Israel advocacy event of the year. So I know that this year, uh, this pavilion comes after a couple of months where the uh, tension on Israel and anti-Semitism has spiked after the hostilities in May. So how yeah. important was this for the Jewish community to be there this time, this year, when some of the other countries didn't come because of COVID, right? You hit the nail on the head. It was very important to us to represent and to ensure that there was strong Israel advocacy on the ground and that we could have a chance to interact with people and just show them the beauty and the culture of the land. And that was really was important. It's not a political event at all. It's highly frowned upon and discouraged. It's actually part of the rules of the festival. It's completely a cultural festival. And it's, we've been having wonderful conversations. It's a great engagement tool. And the food doesn't hurt as well. You get some limonana. Food doesn't what hurt. Else are you having on Let the me menu? show you what we have. So I'm just walking over to our food tent right now. Mint limonana is very popular, of course. We have a beautiful falafel plate. Deep fried pickles certainly bring people in. They all enjoy that. The falafel plate is full, uh, just full of salads and all that. We have fruit blintzes, very popular in the morning. And then we're just trying out now, we decided to try pito with zatar and see how that sells with a scoop of something on the side. Any incidents or conversations that got uncomfortable so far? Nothing major to report. There's always one or two teenagers who like to kind of throw something out there and see if they get a reaction. But we train our volunteers on de-escalation techniques. And our staff, I have, uh, my staff are always here. We I know, scatter them around different areas to keep an eye on things. So if something starts to get a little heated, the security guards are also asked to constantly walk through the pavilion and just keep an eye on things to make oh, sure yeah. that nothing is getting out of hand. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you show us um, you know, some of the highlights uh, of, sure. uh, of what people can see when they walk through? So outside the pavilion, we have our photo opportunities with the Dead Sea. So people put their faces in there and like to take pictures, a little selfie moment. So here's our entry to the pavilion. So let's walk backwards if you give me a moment. So you're kind of walking in through Jerusalem. And so we have the walls set up like tunnels. Let's get a sense of that. And then we have information about uh, historical aspects of the country along the way that people can stop and look at and ask questions about. We have information about the land. We compare the size to the size of Alberta so people can get a sense of the size of the country. And then throughout, we have these large panels that show you different parts of the country. So you're almost getting like a virtual visit. We've set up a Mahne Yehuda market. Here's some volunteers and staff who are here to answer questions. <laughs> and so we sell our cultural wares at our mini market. We have all kinds of information about Tel Aviv during the day and at night. And this year, we're very proud on top of our cultural artifacts, where we just answer questions about holidays and Judaica. We've actually set up a new feature, which is a Jewish wedding. So we have the chuppah 
and just some information about the rituals and the things that you're going to see in a typical wedding. So that's been very exciting. A big draw with the little girls, of course. And then we have a Baha'i garden scene beside it. So that's become a nice selfie spot for people to take pictures. And then we just have some information for our community members of outreach or people who are of Jewish background or Russian background who want to come and participate in some of our community events. We kind of publicize some of those as well. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just want to close by saying that as far as we know, as far as you know, this might be the only Israel pavilion in any Jewish community at all this year since COVID yes. or even now. As far as I yeah. know, you're it, right? Yeah. yeah. We have a strong Jewish community here. We are a small community, especially comparatively across the country, but we are strong. We show up and we're just so proud of what we can accomplish here. And we've had wonderful, engaging conversations. Our volunteers were talking for five hours straight yesterday. And it's just like busloads of people coming through. And it was really exciting. And it's wonderful to see that kind of interest and support for Israel right now. That we know on social media, for our teenagers especially who are dancing today, they've had a rough time of it over the last few months. And you start to kind of wonder um, where the support or the passion is for Israel. And they're here, they're feeling it and experience it. And it's just been so inspiring for them and so energizing to just see that commitment to the country. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Penny Rubinoff of Toronto. She's the listener who's actually partly responsible for tipping me off to Wednesday's show, along with Rabbi Ellie Rubenstein. We'll be talking about a rare Canadian Jewish poster, and it's expected to sell for a record price when the New York auction house Swan Galleries holds the event later this week. The auctioneer is pretty famous. He's Nicholas Lowry. You might have seen him on the Antiques Roadshow on PBS. He's the guy that has the curly mustache, the distinctive plaid suits. And he'll be here to tell us about this piece of Canadian Jewish history. We estimated this one at $5,000 to $7,500. Uh, which would be the highest price, I believe, set for one of the English language versions. Um, I'm just checking my records. Yep, that would be the highest price. But we'll see. Listen, the interesting thing about auctions are that there are no rules. Um, And when somebody or when several people get passionate about something, there's actually no limit to how much they might spend. 